as entrepreneurs, we're faced with all kinds of challenges. And, and I got to tell you, at times, I know I'm overwhelmed. I don't know about you. Are you overwhelmed? Well, if you're not overwhelmed, you're probably not paying attention to what's going on in the world today. I mean, there's so many things. And as entrepreneurs, we have to harness our energy. We've got to focus on so many activities, delivering a great client experience, getting new clients to raise their hand to explore working with us. Well, I've got someone who has a secret formula. Well, it's not that secret because he's a best-selling author. He's one of the most popular people on Amazon. He's got his own podcast on personal development. And he has a formula that every one of us needs to put in place so that we can be all that we want to be. We can make that dent in the universe. I'm John Bowen at AESNation.com, and I'm going to bring on, in just a second, an un believable, remarkable young man, Hal Elrod, and he's going to show you how you can increase your productivity at a huge level. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AES Nation. Now, thank you for joining us here. I mean, it's such a pleasure to be with you. I, I did have a chance. I don't get to read everybody's book and everyone coming on. And I picked up your book. You were introduced by a mutual friend. And I read it, uh, I think, over a two-day period in my morning kind of uh, read session. And I was wow. blown away. And I wanted to share you with our audience. So uh, thank you for joining us. And thank you for the great work you're doing. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Let's dive in. I mean, you know, it's one thing to you know increase productivity. We hear all the time as entrepreneurs, we're going to increase productivity and so sure. on. And and I'll tell you, I think you have some a really great framework for everybody, whether you're on the video podcast, you're watching it, or you're listening on the audio. And I want to get there, but I, I want to take back. You know, one of the things I love is this kind of a little bit of backstage here that we're you know get to know everyone instead of just a pure keynote and. You know, Hal, you, you had some dark moments that helped you uh, get organized and think about productivity. I mean, why don't you tell me kind of how this all came together? It wasn't when you were 10 year old, you, you woke up in bed one morning and said, you know what, I'm going to be a best-selling author. I'm going to make it to the Hall of Fame business. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and have one of the most popular podcasts, you know, and, and then I'm going to build this great company serving all these people. How, sure. how did it happen? So, uh, yeah, I was mediocre my whole life, right? I wasn't one of those kids that, like, achieved and excelled. You know, I knew some of those kids. I hated those kids, right? I was getting bad grades. I was getting in trouble. I was one of those kids. Uh, my dream, though, was to be a radio disc jockey. And at age uh, 15, I got my first radio show. That's where, like, I started to go from, okay, maybe I could do something special. Well, at 19, I gave up my job DJing on the radio to pursue a career in sales, John, are you familiar with Cutco Knives? We were introduced by a mutual friend who is very familiar with those, uh, John Rowland. in Cutco, and, yes. And, yeah, and so I, I have a number of beautiful sets, and a few of my clients have a number of beautiful sets as well. Awesome, awesome. So I started selling Cutco at 19. Now, I had never sold anything in my life, so I thought the odds, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to succeed with this. Well, keep a long story short, 10 days into the career, I had broken the all-time company record. I had sold more Cutco in my first 10 days 
than I think over 500,000 sales reps that have been Well, let me just stop for a second. I have met so many talented people that have come from, uh, uh, you know, your company, Costco, uh, that it's, it's just amazing that you were able to do that in the first 10 days. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and it, well, it, it, it was something that, you know, people say, how did you do it? What was your secret or whatever, you know? And I said, there, there's only two things that I had that I implemented that are available to all of us. And number one is enthusiasm, and number two is work ethic, right? That's it. I was super excited. I didn't know how to sell anything. I had never read a book on sales, never sold anything. I was excited. I showed the product. I believed in it. And I did more appointments in my first 10 days than anyone else had ever done. I just worked harder. In fact, my company averages were lower. My closing percentage was like 10 points lower than the company average, but I just outworked everybody. And fast forward a year and a half, I was driving home after I gave a speech at a Cutco conference, which I, I did regularly. And what made this night special was I got a standing ovation. So it was kind of cool. I'm, you know, I'm getting my first standing ovation. I get into my brand new Ford Mustang, driving down the highway at 70 miles an hour when a drunk driver got on the freeway going the wrong direction. And the drunk driver, I don't remember the headlights coming at me. I, I don't know if I saw him. I don't know what happened. I have brain damage from that time. But the drunk driver hit me head on at 70 miles an hour, sent my car spinning into oncoming traffic, and the car behind me crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour. And if you can imagine a car just crashing into your door at 70 miles an hour, I broke almost, I mean, 11 bones on my left side. My femur, the biggest bone in the human body, broke in half. And one half came out the side of my leg. I broke my pelvis in three places, broke my arm in half, crushed my elbow. This is all made of metal. I got a metal rod in my arm, three plates in my eye. Uh, my ear was severed on and on. And I actually bled to death on the scene, on the freeway. I was clinically dead for about six minutes. Rushed to the hospital in a coma for six days. And when I came out of the coma, doctors said I would never walk again and that I had permanent brain damage. And um, I, I can walk. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I proved them wrong, if you will. Three weeks later, uh, defying the logic of doctors, I took my first step. And I got back to work that year and went on to become one of the youngest Cutco reps ever inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, just a few years later. So that was kind of my, you know, my first rock bottom, if you will, the hardest thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And I just overcame it as, as pro productively and proactively as well, I possibly it's could. One thing that we all know is... You know, we, we've got to go ahead and, and, you know, life intrudes. And that was a huge, uh, I mean, the life really hit you hard there. And, and, you know, what we judge people by is how they get uh, back up. And, you know, obviously you've gotten back up. But, you know, I read your book, so I know it actually got worse after that. You had a, you know, and, and I'm th trying to think is what's worse than dying? Because, uh, I mean, you're clinically dead on this. What, you know, so let's continue that. It, it was so I got back to my you know I got back Hall of Fame things were great I left the company because I always had a dream of being a professional keynote speaker, uh, a success coach and an author. So in 2006 I wrote my first book. Um, it's taking life head on, and and actually this is and if you want to see that's that's the car and that's me um, after the car accident. <laughs> it's not a home. it's so, not a pretty picture at all. Not a pretty picture, um, but I'm glad my dad took it. Otherwise people would have to take my word for it. So. Uh, about nine years later, in 2008, when the U.S. economy crashed, uh, I crashed with it. And like so many Americans, I lost over half of my income. Uh, I couldn't pay my bills, I, including my mortgage. I lost my house. I canceled my gym membership. I stopped exercising. And as a result, I got deeply depressed for the first time in my life, to the point of being borderline suicidal, where I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to live. I just 
And it, and what made it so hard, the reason I say it was worse than the car accident is there was the car accident, it really was rock bottom. So I could only get better and heal as time went on. Where when the economy crashed, there was so much uncertainty. It's like, I thought I was at rock bottom, then another client canceled, right? I thought I was at rock bottom and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so a conversation with my good friend, John Berghoff led to me going on a run on that run, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn, and you probably have heard this quote, John. Many of your listeners probably have. And it's interesting, though. I had heard it many times before, but it never clicked until that morning. And the quote from Jim Rohn was, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And I realized that, yeah, I read books here and there, and but I realized I wasn't really dedicating time to extraordinary personal development each day so that I could become the person that I needed to be to create the success that I wanted. And so I ran home with this realization that I've got to dedicate time every day to personal development, but not just any personal development. I spent about an hour researching online, what are the most effective, proven, powerful personal development practices? And I came up with a list of six that you've heard of. We've all heard of them. And I almost dismissed it because I had heard of them. And then I went, wait a minute, successful people swear by any one of these. So I'll give you an example. The first one is meditation. I thought, who meditates? That's like a, some, you know, Eastern philosophy, spiritual, like, I, I need results. I want to make money. Then I come across this article called Fortune 500 CEOs that Meditate. And I read it, and I'm like, interesting, right? Um, I read that Oprah Winfrey trained her entire staff in meditation when she ran Harpo, right? I had, had a company train them. I thought, well, she's a pretty smart woman. There must be something to it. Then I found the book Success Through Stillness. Russell Simmons, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. It says that meditation is the single most important key to his financial success and his business success. And wait a minute, maybe meditation isn't some hokey thing. If all these people, these entrepreneurs, these CEOs swear by it, how could I not do that every day? But the other five, I'm thinking, but these other ones, people swear by journaling and affirmations and visualization. And so to keep a long story short, I have this breakthrough. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the list going, which of these am I going to do to get the, you know, as an entrepreneur, I want fast results. My life's a freaking mess. I want to turn it around as fast as I can. Which of these six should I do? And then it hits me. What if I did all six every single day? The six most powerful, proven personal development practices every single day, all six of them. And I thought that's going to turbocharge my results. And the challenge was, when am I going to do it? And I wasn't a morning person, but that's the only time that made sense. So many successful people were early risers, but not me. I decided to wake up the next morning at 5 a.m., do all six practices, and John, I'll wrap it up by just saying this. Mm -hmm. At 6 a.m., I was a different person. At 6 a.m., even though my life was still a mess in my outer world, internally, I felt better than I had ever felt before, had more clarity. I was energized. I was motivated. I was optimistic. I was hopeful for the first time in six months of depression. And two months later, I had doubled my income, went from not exercising in six months to running a 52-mile ultra marathon. And my depression didn't take two months to go away. It was literally gone that morning. And so I started calling it my miracle morning, but I had no intention of sharing it with anybody else or writing a book or anything no, else. It, it is. You know, it's one of the things that I see over and over again, Hal, and, and this is why I love your story, is that success, I, the company I have now, my primary is coaching financial advisors, and it's uh, CG Worldwide. And 
And we do all kinds of empirical research on financial advisors and successful individuals, successful entrepreneurs. And I started it with the premise that success leaves subtle clues. And the, the reality is success leaves blindingly obvious clues that we all choose to ignore. Ignore. Yeah, you're right. You're and, right. And, you know, and, what, and sometimes we have to hit rock bottom, you know, and, and we can bounce back up because we're inspired. I mean, Jim Rohn quote i mean i grew up listening to him and uh, you know just unbelievably uh inspiring motivational person but in a lot of lessons but we don't apply and what i really like about what you're doing it's one thing to you know go and say okay there's six things that i need to do but what was so powerful hal is that you created the framing to do it so others could do it out of your own experience and you know it's helped you become a very successful entrepreneur and and what I'd love to do for, you know, all the entrepreneurs, we've all struggled with, you know, hearing how we should do personal development. Uh, you know, if you're my age, you know, I go through all of Tony Robbins. I could talk about the different tape decks and, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I just go on and on all the different guys. And, and as entrepreneurs, we're, we're so hard charging. And many of us, particularly as we have more success, we don't, we stop listening to those things and we're kind of, not doing as much. I mean, you're obviously listening to some because you're here at the AAS Nation uh, Mastermind, you know, our virtual group. But, but yeah, creating that framework, can you ha help us, you know, for these busy, successful entrepreneurs? And, you know, as we become more successful, we get more opportunities. Can you help us with some framing of how they could put in place the lessons that you've really learned and you're sharing with your audiences? Yeah, and let me first say this, that um, four of the most dangerous words in the English language, I believe, are, are these four words. I already know that. And those four words prevent us from really maximizing our growth and doing the things, the fundamentals that will make us successful, right? Like early rising, I, I, I've heard that, blah, 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 goal setting, you know, just these normal things. And I almost dismissed the framework that I'm about to share with everybody. Those six practices that I wrote down, I had heard of all of them. And we're always looking for cutting edge, brand new, you know, the newest app that'll solve all of our problems, right? And, and these fundamentals, I realized, wait a minute, successful people do swear by any one of these, right? So all six of them, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be a game changer, theoretically. I didn't know for sure, but, but I thought that it might. So here are the six practices. And, and again, you will go, I've heard of that. And maybe I haven't tried it. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, some of them. So they are organized in a very simple acronym called the SAVERS. So I call these the lifesavers. These are the six practices that will save you from missing out on the life, the level of success that you really want. And in every area, by the way, let me just, John, mention that. This is not just about business success. I believe that very few people are living to their full potential in every area. And if we're measuring success on a scale of one to 10, right? What level of success do we all want? Yeah, I'm going for 10. 10, right? Nobody's like, I don't want to be too happy or I don't want too much money. I don't want people to judge me. No, no, no. We all want level 10 health, happiness, finances, relationships, energy, you name it. But most people, now they might be succeeding at work, right? You're, you're, you're a millionaire. You're crushing it at work. But your relationship is suffering. Your health is suffering. Your fitness is suffering. So to me, the miracle morning is the most effective strategy to ensure that you don't just become a successful entrepreneur, you become a level 10 person so that you can achieve level 10 success physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, spiritually in every single area. 
So here are the lifesavers. The S is for silence. And silence is meditation, but it also could be prayer. If, you know, if you're a religious person and you pray every day, I combine both. I do some prayer and some meditation. The A is for affirmations. Written affirmations, I believe, are the most effective way to program your subconscious mind for success, to develop the beliefs that you need to achieve anything that you want, to direct your conscious mind toward the activities that you need to do on any given day that are your highest priorities. And if you don't have that in writing and you're reviewing it every day, you know, you get distracted, right? You chase the rabbits. Well, the third, the V is for visualization. And I'm actually, I'm going to come back to affirmations and visualization in a second once I review all these, because I do want to dive in on why these don't work for most people and what we need to change so that they are, they really do work for us. So the V is for visualization. The E is for exercise. Now, again, you exercise, you have a personal trainer, I believe, right? Twice a week. Yes. I need that little extra help to make sure that I stay on track. Let me share real quick. Add this. It's an app that I found called Seven Minute Workout. Are you familiar with this? I not only am familiar with it, I use it when I'm traveling always. Uh, I love it. I mean, you know, and actually, I'll put when we go over uh, resources, I'll yes, pull it up. Sure. But it's a it is a phenomenal uh, resource and I forgot what it costs, but it's nominal and uh, I got the free one actually. Okay. Yeah. Do you can yeah. get a, I think I have a little bell and whistle. It might be two bucks, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, no, a great tool. Got it. So, um, so exercise the, uh, and it's about getting the increasing the blood and oxygen to your brain in the morning so that your cognitive function and your mental and emotional capacity are, are optimum so that you as an entrepreneur, can have the clarity and the focus that you need to crush every single day. The R is for reading, right? Reading, self-help, not, again, not rocket science, but it's that consistent reading. And I always tell people too, uh, a lot of times entrepreneurs get in that slump where things are going well, and so they stop reading, right? We've all been there before. And if you read just 10 pages per day, that's not, yeah, you know, it takes you maybe 10, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Um, but that's 3,650 pages a year. That's the equivalent of 18 200 page self-help books um and then the final s it, and I, I owe the thesaurus for this one john my vocabulary is not that big it is the word scribing scribing is a fancy word for writing which essentially is journaling right or even just even scheduling or, or that sort of thing um yeah so any thoughts or comments then i wanted to dive yeah, into a couple yeah yeah let's, I, I love this and, and one of the reasons i i love the book and wanted to have you on Hal, is that, you know, there's a lot of discussion about each of these areas, okay? And, you know, and you're not claiming you invented it. What I love, though, is you put the framing together and, and, and made it in a bite-sized piece that you can take care of first thing in the morning. And when you do that, I mean, it so re-energizes you. Uh, yeah. And you're, you're there, you know, one of the things that we want to have is full, as entrepreneurs, we want to have full engagement. You know, every single day. And, you know, there's all this talk about balance. I'm not a big believer in balance, but what I am a big believer in is harmony, that when we're there, we're there. We're, you know, going to be successful on purpose. So I, I love this. But let's let's dive into affirmation and visualization as well. Yeah. So with affirmations, uh, affirmations have been taught ever since the beginning of time, and they're still taught this way by many gurus, um, to be spoken as if something you want to be or have or do, you already are, have, or are doing, right? So often it's taught as I am statements. So I am a millionaire. And you say it over and over again. You 
lie to yourself and try to trick your subconscious into believing that you are a millionaire. Um, another example is, let's say you weigh 160 pounds, but you want to weigh 120. You speak in the present tense, I weigh 120 pounds. Let's say you want to achieve your goals this year. You say, I've achieved all of my goals for 2014, for this year. Well, if you say, I am a millionaire, no, you're not. You say, I weigh 120 pounds. No, you don't. You say, I've achieved all my goals. No, you haven't. So there's this internal struggle with the truth and this falsity that you're, you're, you're claiming to yourself. So I believe that now, now I'm not saying that doing those types of affirmations couldn't help you. I think enough lying to yourself, you do trick the subconscious. So there's definitely merit to it. But my affirmation formula is very different. So uh, it's, it's, it's more action oriented. So it's, I am committed to doing blank by blank date so that I can achieve blank. That's the formula that I use. I'm committed to blank, whatever the activity is, right? So if you want to write a book, I'm committed to writing 10 pages per day. And if you want to throw a no matter what in there, I like that language, mm -hmm. right? I'm committed to writing 10 pages a day, no matter what, so that I can blank by blank date, so that I can finish my book by December 31st, 2014, right? Um, so if it's, it could be exercise, you can fill anything in there. But the point is now your affirmation is actually not only is it programming your subconscious mind for what you want and what you're committed to doing to achieve it, but it's directing your focus each and every morning so that you actually know you have clarity on, okay, this is my number one priority every day. And when, again, we're entrepreneurs without those written affirmations, it's so easy to just, you know, get distracted and, and chase the rabbits and chase the new opportunities and, you know, get caught up in email or social media. Or, or whatever it is. So make sure your affirmations don't just lie about a perceived future, but actually direct you toward the truth of what you want, but the truth and the reality check of what you are committed to doing every day to make sure you achieve. I love that. And I love also sharing that too with you know, the people you care about, uh, public decorations of these affirmations, yeah, yes. you know, make them even more real because I, as entrepreneurs, we're so hard driving that once we make a commitment, you know, we're going to we're going to go ahead and we're going to drive toward that. And and, you know, we're not always going to achieve it, but the progress that we're going to make, you know, from where we are to where we go to is going to be huge. And that that's really what we're looking to do is just to be very successful on purpose. Let's go to visualization. Hal. Yeah, visual, visualization was made popular by the movie The Secret, right? You see The Secret, John? Uh, it would be hard not to, and I know yeah. a whole bunch of the people who put it together and everything else. And, uh, and, and yeah. you know, millions of people made vision boards that sat on their wall and became background noise, right? Melted into the landscape. And the thing about visualization is the way that most gurus teach it, they tell you to visualize the end result and see it as being real. Now, I believe that that is important, but I believe it's only half of the equation and it's the least important half. What I mean by that is this, when you visualize the end result, let me, let me explain the merit of that, right? So every goal that we have floating around in our head, every dream, every desire, most of them are surrounded by what I, what I call uh, like almost a fear bubble, right? They're, they're surrounded by this, this bubble of fear, insecurity of our, our, our self-concept based on who we were which is someone who hasn't ever achieved the thing that we're trying to achieve. So these goals and desires, they never actually manifest. Now, when you picture the long term and you see it becoming a result, I believe that's very effective 
in kind of removing that fear bubble and letting that seed, that possibility, blossom into a vision of what's possible. Now it becomes real for you. Now the belief and the desire to make it a reality is increased. It's no longer coated with that fear. There's still going to be fear around it, but you let it, you, you let it become a possibility. So that's the first part of visualization. It's very important, but most gurus teach that's all they teach. And what happens is this. Research has shown that when you visualize over and over your, des your desired result, it can actually be totally counterproductive because you actually trick your subconscious mind into thinking it's as good as done. And this happened to me one year. I visualized doubling my Cutco sales, selling $300,000, breaking the all-time record. I visualized it so much that I would stop visualizing and have a sense of accomplishment going, wow, I'm really going to do it. Then I'd go back to playing video games or doing whatever I was doing. I was 20 years old. Uh, whatever I was doing, right? So the most important part of visualization is start with the end in mind, see it, feel it, let that inspire you. But the most important part is now bring it to the present day. Now envision yourself doing the thing that you must do today to ensure that that long-term vision becomes a reality. And for me, when I was writing The Miracle Morning, so I got my laptop right here, uh, what I would do is I would visualize the book cover, I would see this, I would see people reading it with like the look on their face going, wow, wow, this is amazing, right? I would then see them sharing it with other people saying, you have to read this book. Now that was great, but then I would bring the visualization to today and I would see myself on my laptop typing with the same expressions on my face that the reader had on theirs going, wow, this is great, this is inspiring, this is life-changing as I was typing. And that vision for today needs to be so compelling that all you want to do is open your eyes and pick up the phone and start cold calling. Open your laptop and start typing. Get out of your office and go to the gym. Whatever you're envisioning, the activity, that's the most important part in getting you to do the thing necessary that maybe has fear around it to ensure that you arrive at your destination. That is really great. And I, I, I mean... I love that. And, 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 you know, this, the whole thing is about being successful on purpose. It's, it's just, you know, how can we put these things together? And, you know, the, in the affirmations, I mean, I, I remember the first time I read secret, I didn't know all the guys then. So I wasn't, didn't need to be as nice to them. And, and, uh, you know, I just kind of like, okay, just because you repeat it over and over again, I know a whole bunch of, uh, people who are very talented, who have no success at all, but are doing affirmations all the time. And the visualization, you know, there's, yeah. a, a, there's no shortage of the first step. Okay. And, and what we're all about, I mean, this is everyone, you know, at AES Nation. I mean, we're all about action, Hal. And I, I want to take a one more step and let me just play a segment here. And I want to go to the uh, Entrepreneur Insight of the Day because you've got these six. And I want to tie it to the morning now because, okay, I, I know I need to do these things and, and, and you know, because I, I love where I am at. You know, I'm already successful. Many of my peers, you know, think I'm great and all this stuff. And what, what happens is then, uh, but I know I'm capable of a lot more. And I'm listening to what you're telling me now and I'm going, okay, I can break through to that next level and beyond of success doing this. But how do I really incorporate it in my life? I mean, how, how are you seeing your, your clients, you know, the people you're inspiring? How are they putting it into their lives? So I think that something that's really important to realize is 
if you can't get out of bed in the morning, none of this works, right? You're right. And, and people have asked me, well, couldn't I do the lifesavers, these six practices? Couldn't I do them in the evening after work? Or couldn't I spread them throughout the day? And the answer is absolutely you could. But each one of them provides such extraordinary benefits specifically throughout the day when you do them in the morning that you wouldn't ever want to wait. For example, the proven benefits of meditation and what that does for your ability as an entrepreneur to focus. Why would you wait until the evening and go through your entire day not harnessing that benefit of improving your focus? Exercise. I still exercise in the, I go to the gym in the afternoon, but morning exercise is crucial because that's the, that's the only way moving your body to get that blood and that oxygen going to your brain. Why would you miss out on the benefits of, you know, of, of those things? So, so the thing is, I realized that the morning was the optimum time for me to do these. And, but I wasn't a morning person when I decided to do it. So I ended up doing a little bit of research on how do you wake up if you're not a morning person? And I took the research, I put it all together, and then with over the years, the strategies I've tried, I basically came up with this five-step, I call it the five-step snooze-proof wake-up strategy for the recovering snoozeaholics, right? It's a long title. But these five steps are so simple that a first grader could do them, but that's the point. The point is that when the alarm goes off and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to go back to bed, that the five steps, you can do them while you're half asleep, and by the time you're done doing them, you find that you're awake. And so here, I'll, I'll go through the five steps for everybody. Um, the first step is setting your intentions before bed. If you think about this, our first thought in the morning is almost always the same as the last thought we had before bed. You know, when you were a kid, did you celebrate Christmas growing up as a kid? I did indeed. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Was it? A lot of people tell me that the miracle morning makes every day feel like Christmas, right? I hear that all the time. So... Was it hard for you to wake up in the morning on Christmas morning? I was actually hard to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and did it matter how many hours of sleep you got? Well, so something that magic of the Christmas tree and the whole thing was pretty amazing. Exactly. I mean, it's like you literally like you, you and you probably slept horribly because you were so excited to wake up, right? But you woke up, you were energized, you were energized all day long, playing with your new toys. I realized that we could create that experience every single day of our lives by and the reason you were excited when the alarm went off is because you were excited before you went to bed. Again, your last thought before bed was, oh my gosh, it's Christmas tomorrow morning. The alarm went off, or probably didn't have an alarm when you were a kid, but right, you woke up and you went, oh my gosh, it's Christmas. The first thought you have in the morning is the same as the last thought before you, have, before you go to bed. So in the miracle morning, I created or I shared my own bedtime affirmations. They're the affirmations that I read before bed to set the optimum intention so that when the alarm clock went off, I already decided before I went to bed how I was going to feel. I created it. When the alarm went off, it wasn't dependent on the moment. It wasn't dependent on, oh, my gosh, I got to wake up in the morning. I'm going to be so tired, which the first thought you have is, oh, it's the morning already. I'm so tired. So that's the first step. And the next step is you've got to set the alarm clock across the room. I spoke to 70 CEOs at EO in New York City uh, three months ago. And the CEO that introduced me, he's the one that he was a huge fan of the Miracle Morning. He brought me in. He said, you guys, I'm just, I don't know if Hal's going to share this, but I need to share this in case he doesn't. The most important thing that I learned in the Miracle Morning book was to move my alarm clock across the room. He said, because when you and think about this, John, when the alarm goes off, if it's on your bedside table, you're still like 80% asleep when you reach over and you turn it off. 
and you lose every time. Even when, if I travel and I forget to move my, my phone across the room, I snooze seven times, right? So the alarm clock across the room. What happens is now you have to get up and you have to go across the room. And when you do, when you have to get out of bed, you're now literally three to four times more awake than if you would have reached over and turned it off on the bedside table. And I'll just share one more tip uh, in, in, in respect of time. Um, drink a full glass of water first thing in the morning. We're, we're not taught this anywhere, but we are dehydrated by default. We've been sleeping six hours, seven hours, eight hours, five hours with no water. What do most people start drinking when they start their day in the morning? Most entrepreneurs. Yeah, diuretic uh, coffee. Diuretic coffee that further dehydrates you. So first thing in the morning, I always have my full glass of water sitting by my toothbrush on my bathroom counter. I go, I turn the alarm off, keep going, brush my teeth, I'm starting to feel awake, grab the water, and like I was a college student at a keg party, I just down the whole thing, and now all of a sudden, I'm hydrated. Then I put on my workout clothes, go downstairs. So those simple five steps you can do while you're half asleep, but those, by the, by the time you're done, it's only been five minutes, now you're awake, now the discipline you need to keep going and have well, your and I want to help them by giving them some of the tools here, and and the next segment, let me just play it here. Yeah. Is the book of the day, Hal, and I'm not going to let you off. I'm going to make you choose your own book uh, because you know, we've been talking about it. And it just lays out the framework. It's a good read, good stories. Uh, t tell them what they're going to find in the book. I've got the Amazon link here, The Miracle Morning, The Not-So-Obvious Secrets, and they are the secrets guaranteed to transform your life before 8 a.m. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's really powerful. I think so. If I had to break The Miracle Morning down in what it is, and I, I was talking to you earlier about this, you know, I've been blown away by the success of The Miracle Morning, how popular it is. I, I had no idea. You know, I think a part of me, of course, as an author, you envision that your book's going to change the world, but I really, I, I don't know if I really believed it. I don't know if I really imagined it would become as, as successful as it has. So I think I've looked at what, why is that? And there's a few things The Miracle Morning does as a book for you. First and foremost, it makes a very compelling case that how you start your day isn't just one strategy that you could or could not do. It's literally the linchpin to your success, at least the next level. I was recently asked in an interview, how. When you created The Miracle Morning, you were at rock bottom. You were depressed. You were in debt. You were losing your house. You were in the worst shape of your life. And it got you out of that within a couple of months. But now you're, as you said, John, you're successful now. Why do you still do The Miracle Morning? And it was interesting because I had never been asked that before. And mm -hmm. I thought, why do I still do it? And I realized every single one of us has one thing in common, and it's the next level, right? We never will achieve the highest level of our potential until we die. I'll be on my deathbed going, man, there was still a few more things I was trying to do, right? And so the Miracle Morning, it, it'll, it's going to give you the framework. It's going to give you, it's going to make it as easy as possible for you to continuously take yourself to the next level so you can take your success to the next level because it only happens in that order. Most of us are trying to take our success to the next level while we stay pretty much the same. This is going to help you take yourself and accelerate your personal development. And like I said, once you achieve that next level, then you'll be able to take the miracle morning and you'll be able to go, okay, what's the next level for me? What's the next most important goal or, or, you know, or, or thing for me to achieve? And then you filter it through the six practices of the miracle morning. That's one thing I haven't mentioned yet, John, that I just, I'll touch on. 
the neat thing about the lifesavers, the six practices, are you take your number one goal and you filter it through those. So, for example, I wanted to put on a live event for the last five years, and I've totally wussed out year after year after year after year. I finally had an aha moment six months ago, and I started every day meditating on what it would feel like to put on a live event and kind of empowering myself to do it. Then I created affirmations that directed my focus on what I wanted that event to be like, why it was so important for me and everyone that would go there, what I needed to do to ensure that that event became a reality. Then I visualized the event. I saw people in the audience. I visualized what I needed to do that day, right? While I exercised, I thought about it. I read books on, actually, the first book I read was how to promote and market your own seminars, right? And then I journaled each day, clarifying what are the one to three most important things that I need to do today to make sure the live event happens. So for you, whatever your most important goal is, maybe it's becoming a millionaire, maybe it's taking your company to a million or 10 million or 100 million, you take that goal, you filter it through all six of the lifesavers, and now you're gonna accelerate the, the, the rate that you achieve that beyond what you ever thought was possible. No, that's great, and let's, let's go to the next segment to cover that a little more. How on resources, what I'd like to do is let's go right to, I've got on the screen the bestyeareverblueprint.com, and this is that visualization uh, coming to reality. Uh, what are you doing there? Um, so it's, it's going to be unlike any event that has ever been put on. And I know that's a bold statement to make. When I started planning this event, I go to so many events, and most events are information overload, right? Where you just you go there, it's like 98% listening to speakers, you take 10 pages of notes, and then you go home with all these great ideas, and somehow you're supposed to review the 10 pages of notes, remember the context, and implement them all. And John, you know as well as I do, most people, we go to events, we, we leave all fired up, and not a lot changes. So when I started planning the event, I thought, I want the event to be not as much about what people are learning, but about what we're doing while we're there. It's not about teaching you how to mastermind. It's about breaking into teams, actually doing masterminds while we're there, and then taking your mastermind partners and scheduling ongoing masterminds for the next 12 months. So most events you would leave with what page was masterminding on? Oh yeah, how do I do it, right? Well, at our event, you're going to leave having already gone through a mastermind and now having your mastermind not on page seven of your notes, but next Tuesday and every Tuesday in your schedule with the same like-minded people that were at the event that are on the same page with you. So the point is every single thing that we teach is going to be supported by a transformational experience where you do the thing that we're teaching you how to do while you're there. You're not going to leave the event with 10 pages of notes. You're going to leave the event the person that you need to be to ensure that next year is the best no, year you've ever had. That's great. I, I love that whole concept, and I use it in, in a number of the programs I put together, Hal, and that best year ever, this perfect timing in December to uh, – really make a huge impact. So I encourage people to take a look at that. And in addition, your website, you've got a whole bunch of resources. Why don't you just give me a quick minute on that and then we'll bring it all together. Yeah, I mean, if you want to contact me, so what I do, I'm a speaker. I speak all over the country for um, you know, see, or entrepreneurs and at really every event. I do a lot of real estate events now. It's the Miracle Morning for Real Estate Agents is coming out in December. So that's a niche that kind of grabs hold of the book. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of speaking. I do coaching. One-on-one, um, -on -one I'm pretty limited on, but I do some group coaching. 
and uh, and then and then we've got you know the book. So yeah, halelrod.com is where you can basically if you want to reach out to me uh, about speaking or coaching or, or writing or or being on your show. I do a lot of podcast interviews. This is like my my uh, my new part time job, which I love, and uh, I don't get paid for it directly, but you know in some ways I do. So um, yeah, so that that's you know that that's the best way to get a hold of me. No, this has been great. I'm gonna just flash one more thing on the screen because we mentioned it in the. The app of the day, the seven-minute workout, um, both Hal and I use. And, uh, and one of the things, Hal, that I, I was, I've been in a number of meetings. I'm looking at all these really guys that are in great shape. And I said, how do you do it? Because I know how busy they are in a seven-minute workout. And I'm going, you know, they never told me the app. And then the, you know, I finally called one of the guys. I said, wow. well, how do you do it? And wow. it's a great, great it's, tool. It's amazing. I mean, and it's so, yeah, it's great for traveling because when I'm traveling, I often – you know, if I sometimes hit the gym, but I don't exercise. But yeah, the seven-minute workout, I just—it's an everyday thing. Let me get through the next segment, which is kind yeah. of bring it all together. And these are the key takeaways. And I, I tell you how this has been phenomenal. I've got two pages of notes here. I mean, it's just—and I read the book, and I still got all these notes. But you know, the, the big thing I'm walking away with, with our fellow entrepreneurs. I mean, we're all people. We're you know. We're really driven to be successful. We want to make a difference in the world. We want to be a hero to our clients. We want to deliver a great experience, and we want new people, a steady stream coming to us. And we've got to have a great life. You know, we're in business for more life, not more business by itself. And, it, and all those things coming at us, it, it, it's really challenging. And one of the things that the reason I want to have Hal here, and this is a key takeaway, is that morning period before there's a line outside your door, before there's all the emails that you've looked at, the phone calls you've got to make, you own that. And you can take that and, and using the SAVER acronym. I mean, I, I just think it's so powerful, the framing, that by using this, you will be able to not only take it to the next level, but you know, really what Hal, you've done is you know, taking it to the next level, the next level, the next level. This is something that builds. This is going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. And you can, yeah. you know, really make it that ritual. And the most successful entrepreneurs have rituals. And this is one of the best. So, Hal, thank you for joining us and sharing your insights. I encourage everybody to go to the show notes. We've got this transcribed. Uh, and, you know, all the links will be there. And with that, go out and make a difference. Your clients, your future clients, all your partners, they're counting on you. Don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Thanks, Sean. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.